I'm Chris Oshesky, and welcome to Real Recognize Real. It's been a while. This is episode 7, the DC Fandom. San Diego Comic-Con didn't happen this year because of the whole pandemic thing. That took away Big Studio's ability to use it as a space to hype up their new content. DC replaced it with the DC Fandom, a sort of virtual convention that takes place over two days. The first day was August 22nd, and the second day is scheduled for September 12th. I'm not going to talk about the turmoil on the DC comic site here, because that's its own episode. For the convention, I really like the first day. The format's not exactly novel, but it makes something like a Hall H panel accessible to a wider audience. That's always a good thing. Talking with my friends and watching the panels in real time isn't an experience I can really remember having too often outside of something like E3, and I hope that DC decides to replicate the format in the future. DC dropped a lot of movie-related content on the first day. James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, The Flash Movie, Matt Reeves' The Batman, Wonder Woman 1984, Zack Snyder's Justice League Cut, and Shazam all got their own panels. So we're going to tackle my thoughts on most of those in this episode. Let's start with The Batman. I can't say I'm sold on this quite yet, but I'm definitely intrigued. It looks better in action than in the stills that were released before the panel. In the trailer, you hear Robert Pattinson as Batman, Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon, Paul Dano as the Riddler, and Andy Serkis and Andy Serkis as Alfred for the first time. We also got a first look at Zoe Kravitz as Selina Kyle and Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Pattinson stepping into the role of Batman was never my problem. I love him as an actor and think he's underrated. Uh, however, the first images that were released made him look less like Batman and more like a 14-year-old waiting for his mom to pick him up from a My Chemical Romance show. The actual trailer looks much better. This is definitely a darker take on Gotham, but hopefully it's less nihilistic than something like last year's Joker movie. Pattinson definitely fits into the darker vibe pretty well, much better than someone like Christian Bale or Ben Affleck. Uh, the Batmobile looks pretty cool, too. This is also a much younger Batman, and that's something that I really like. He's only supposed to be in his second year of fighting crime. It won't quite be an adaptation of the Year One comic, but I'd expect this Batman to be a bit rougher around the edges, a real far cry from the experienced Batman that Ben Affleck played. Um, I'm excited for Paul Dano's Riddler, but I'm not sure I'm 100% down with the character design or the voice modulation. It sounds cool, but duct tape isn't exactly what I think of when I think of the Riddler. Only about 25% of the film was shot before work stopped, so I kind of doubt it'll make its currently scheduled release date of October 1st, 2021. I hope I'm wrong, though, because I'm really excited for this movie right now. The panel also talked about the prequel series that will come to HBO Max. It will focus on a quote-unquote crooked cop in the Gotham City Police Department, which... I really hope it's something more than a standard police procedural, because it certainly looks like they have higher aspirations for the movie. Something a little closer to screens is Wonder Woman 1984. That joke at the end is about a fanny pack. The movie is very, very 80s. We finally got a look at Kristen Wiig's Cheetah, which was nice. Uh, my only concern is that the shots of her in the full cheetah getup are all at night. 
I don't know if that means DC doesn't have faith in the CGI or if the CGI is just not done, but bad CGI is easier to hide in night shots than in day shots. Uh, they say sunlight is the best disinfectant, so give me daytime cheetah. I want to be proven wrong. Because Cheetah's a really fun character, and if they screw it up by making her look like she walked just off the cat set, that's gonna suck. Pedro Pascal's Maxwell Ward looks cool, but if you know what his character can do, the plot could be pretty easy to sketch out. The guy can control people's minds, sort of like uh, Kilgore from season one of Jessica Jones, sort of subconscious, you know, implanting of suggestions into people's minds. Sometimes he's, sometimes it's more outright mind control, but that's his sort of general getup. I think I prefer the original trailer simply because it used uh, New Order's Blue Monday. Speaking of pop songs being used in movie trailers, miss me with this Snyder Cut stuff. Zack Snyder used Hallelujah in the trailer again. He's used that song multiple times, most famously in his Watchmen movie. Quite frankly, I'm not sure he's aware that other songs exist. Like, come on, pick something that makes a little more sense than Leonard Cohen's recording of Hallelujah. I love the song. It doesn't fit here. I sort of feel the same way about Shazam 2 and, to a lesser extent, Black Adam. Black Adam bringing in the, the Justice Society could be pretty cool. Uh, the Justice Society is basically the original Justice League, so seeing that bit of DC history on screen could make the Black Adam movie worth it on its own. Moving on to things I am more interested in, we got our first look at the absolutely massive cast of characters in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. I'm not going to go down the list of every character, but Margot Robbie, Jai Courtney, and Viola Davis are returning as... Harley Quinn, Captain Boomerang, and Amanda Waller, respectively, from the first Suicide Squad movie. Uh, Quinn has a new look in the film that's a little bit closer to her comics look. It looks cool, but I might prefer the, her, like, I might prefer her original look. It was unique among Harley's different incarnations, and it had started to influence things like the look of Harley Quinn in the animated TV show, which is really good, by the way. You should watch it. Uh, this cast for the Suicide Squad, though, it's absolutely loaded. It's got Margot Robbie, Viola Davis, Pete Davidson, John Cena, Michael Rooker, Idris Elba, Peter Capaldi, and just so, so many more. Uh, it makes me wonder how they're going to fit all these characters in and give them all sufficient screen time. But this is James Gunn directing and writing. And if his Guardians of the Galaxy movies have proven anything, it's that he's really, really good at ensemble pieces. One thing that sort of ticked me off, though, is James Gunn describing the film as a gritty 70s war movie. Which, just... stop. Just stop with this. It's a superhero movie. Don't try to make these things what they're not. I'm still reminded of Marvel trying to call Captain America the Winter Soldier a 70s political thriller. That just just let superhero movies be superhero movies. There's a place for everything. Finally, there's Flashpoint. The Flash movie is confirmed to be an adaptation of a Flashpoint comic. 
this means it'll probably be a way for DC to create a connected universe of movies without really trying. The Flashpoint comic was an attempt to merge several DC imprints together. Uh, essentially, it had the Flash waking up in an alternate timeline and having to set things right by going back to his own timeline and just timey-wimey, time-as-a-flat-circle ball stuff. Uh, it's confirmed that in the movie, uh, Ben Affleck will reappear as Batman, and there were rumors that Michael Keaton could reprise his Batman role as well. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Robert Pattinson popped up as well, depending on what gets released first. Uh, I actually really like the idea of a Flashpoint movie setting up a multiverse. DC seems to be coming around to the fact that they can't compete with Marvel at this point, so they're not going to try. The multiverse could lead to a lot of different stories being told, and all being technically connected but not beholden to those connections. The nature of the MCU means that the movies are all generally the same in terms of tone and look and feel. If DC elects to go a different route, um, more power to them. Thank you so much for listening. Like, rate, and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. And see you next time, um, whenever that happens to be.